Welcome to the Rock House Baptist Church Podcast. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to grow closer to God and to share Him with others. If you would like to find out more about this church or how you can connect, grow, and go, then be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org. And now, today's message. And so this morning we'll be reading about a man by the name of King Josiah, which is somebody you'll read about later this week. One of, one of the really uh, greatest characters in the Old Testament as far as kings go. I think Josiah probably doesn't get enough credit as he deserves. And as we go through, if you, you remember, there's kind of a theme throughout this portion of the Old Testament. As we go through the history of God's people and we see all of these different kings and these different time periods... And it's just really good king and then a bunch of bad kings and maybe a good king and mostly bad kings. But as you go through history and really as you go through life, even in some of the darkest, most miserable points, sometimes God just raises up somebody different, doesn't he? Sometimes God just sends somebody very special for the right moment in your life. And I think King Josiah is one of those people. He came on the spot at the exact right time. The, to give you a little background, there was this really terrible, evil king by the name of King Manasseh. He was Josiah's grandfather. King Manasseh did everything wrong. He was horrible. God just despised this man for his evil and the, the way that he led the people to be evil. The next one, King Ammon, he was the exact same thing. Did the same thing that King Messiah, Man, Messiah, Manasseh had done. And then the Bible introduces us to Josiah, who's just a boy at the time when he becomes king. In 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 2, here's the introduction we get. He, Josiah, did what was right in the, eye, in the Lord's sight and walked in all the ways of who? His ancestor David, whom we studied about. He did not turn to the right or the left. That's the introduction we get to this man. Josiah comes along and he breaks the family curse. Aren't you glad that that family curse can be broken? He breaks the family curse. It, it, it's possible to get out from under that, guys. It really is. And it just takes one person who's willing to be obedient, who's willing to follow God. And King Josiah was that person, not only in his family, but for the nation. But by the time King Josiah becomes the king of Judah, Judah is an absolute train wreck. I mean, these people have drifted so far from where God wanted them to be. At this stage in history, I'll be honest, they're, they're basically a bunch of pagans. They have set up places all around their nation to worship these false gods. There is pagan stuff inside God's temple. They have all of these different things available to worship pagan, false idols, false gods. It's an absolute disgrace is what it is. And it's gone on at this point for so many generations that the people not only don't know what they should do, or not, I'm sorry, they don't want to do what's right, but they don't even know. They don't even know what right looks like. They don't know what God's Word says. They don't, they don't even know where God's Word is. And so after being king for 18 years, King Josiah is having some repairs done to God's temple. And he orders his people to go in and take a inventory of the silver that's in the temple. It must have been a lot. 
because he wants to make sure the workers are being paid fairly. And so as they're going through the different treasures and the silver that's in the temple, they uncover this book, this old ancient relic that changes their lives. And I want to look at our passage, a couple different passages this morning, through the concept of personal revival. Because Lord knows we could use a national revival, right? We could use revival in our church. We could use revival in our region, even in our families. But I'll be honest with you, I want to look at it through personal revival because any revival, any great move of God starts right here in our own hearts. 2 Kings chapter 22. Let's read through this. If you're going through a dry spell in your faith this morning, this message is for you. It's the four R's for personal revival so you can remember them. Verse 8 says this. The high priest... King Hilkiah told the court secretary, Shaphan, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. And he gave the book to Shaphan, who read it. Then the court secretary, Shaphan, went to the king and reported, Your servants have emptied out the silver that was found in the temple and have given it to those doing the work, those who oversee the Lord's temple. And then the court secretary, Shaphan, told the king, The priest, Hilkiah, has given me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. Get this. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And then he commanded the priest Hilkiah, Ahakam son of Shaphan, Achbor son of Micaiah, the court secretary Shaphan, and the king's servant Asai, go and inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah about the words in this book that has been found. For great is the Lord's wrath that is kindled against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words of this book in order to do everything written about us. So, a recurring theme. You've heard me say this time and time again. But if you want personal revival, it occurs when we first return to the Word. Haven't you heard that before? A time or two, especially this year, the importance of being in the Word. This nation, the nation of Judah, was so far removed from the things of God. They had fallen so far that they had lost God's Word. They literally lost it. It was under a bunch of junk and a bunch of silver in the temple. They didn't even know where it was. But thankfully, fortunately, they realized once they found it, its significance and its importance. And once they heard its words, once the king heard its words, they knew this was God's word. This was God's commands for us. And not only were they able to hear the word, but they were able to take it and apply it. They saw their own sinfulness in light of God's word and in light of who God is and all of God's commands and standards. And the Bible says that King Josiah was so distraught, he was so moved by what God's word says that he literally tore his clothes and in this day, what that signifies is, is, is showing an extreme emotional response to what's going on. And it's almost like ripping your heart. He was brokenhearted for what he saw in God's Word and realizing that they were not being obedient and pleasing to the Lord. I think that's where we got to find ourselves sometimes. Regardless of how good a Christian we think we are, when we look at God's Word and we're, as, like we're reading through it this year together and we begin to realize that there's some imperfections in our lives and, and, and we've we got to see ourselves in light of 
who God is and His goodness and His greatness and, and all of His uh, holiness. And we got to allow the Word to break our hearts on occasion. Move us closer to the Lord. And I think that's the first place that you got to start. If you're going through a drought, if you're going through a dry spell, you got to get back in the book. Begin to reapply it to your life. It's good for everything in life. It's, good. it's food for your soul. Billy Graham said, let's just say you're going through loneliness. Did you, would you believe the word is good for loneliness of all things? Billy Graham said, I'm never lonely when I'm reading the Bible. Nothing dissolves loneliness like a session with God's word. Max Lucado said, reading the Bible can be like meeting someone you don't know who oddly somehow knows you deeply. The great Charles Spurgeon said, We are begotten by the Word of God. It is the instrumental means of regeneration. Therefore, love your Bibles. Keep close to your Bibles. Cling to Scripture. Scripture is not Christ, but it is the silken clue which will lead you to Him. Guys, we need the Word just like we need food. Just like we need the air that we breathe. Just like we need water. Our soul needs the Word of God. For nourishment every day. Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is God breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So let me ask you, what is your relationship today to God's word? How is it impacting and affecting your life? On a daily basis, not just when you come to church and hear me blabber on Sunday morning. How is it impacting you on Monday and Tuesday and Friday? Are you struggling to read it? Is it has it become just a mundane task? What you got to do is find some new way to engage God's Word. If reading's not working, listen to it. There are so many resources for you to engage the Bible these days. Find a podcast. Whatever you've got to do. Engage these D groups. If you're not in a D group, let somebody know you want to be in a D group. And go through the Word as a group together. Use the Hear Journal to apply God's Word to your life. And when you really get into the Word and you apply it, guess what? I guarantee there's going to be some changes that take place in your life. Skip over to the next chapter, chapter 23, verse 4. We're going to jump just a little bit. Chapter 23 says, Then the king commanded the high priest Hilkiah and the priests of the second rank and the doorkeepers to bring out of the Lord's sanctuary all the articles made for, look at this, for Baal, Asherah, all the stars in the sky. And here's what he did. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Then he did away with the idolatrous priests the kings of Judah had appointed to burn incense at the high places in the cities of Judah and in the surrounding areas of Jerusalem. They had burned, <clears throat> excuse me, they had burned incense to Baal and to the sun, the moon, the constellations, and all the stars in the sky. He brought out the Asherah pole from the Lord's temple to the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem. He burned it in the Kidron Valley, beat it to dust and threw its dust on the graves of the common people. He also tore down the houses of the male cult prostitutes that were in the Lord's temple, in which the women were weaving tapestries for Asher. These people were as far gone as you can be. And King Josiah goes in, and he begins to clean house. I thank God for people that have a backbone, for leaders that are willing to stand up, 
for what's right. He realized there were things in his nation, in their towns, in their villages, even in the temple of God that did not belong there. There was a lot of evil going on, and he realized it's time to clean up some junk. You see, sometimes you take inventory of your life, especially as you get deeper into the Word, you realize, wait a minute, I've allowed some things to creep in that do not belong here. There's some things that are taking my time, taking my emotions, taking my energy, taking my focus away from God. And sometimes you've got to make some changes and get rid of some things. Sometimes it's, it's things as simple as anger, bitterness, hatefulness, jealousy. Sometimes it's substances we know we shouldn't be using. Sometimes it's things like pornography and different things that we allow just to creep back into our lives. And we read the Word and we're like, wait a minute, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit telling me that something's got to give. That this don't belong. John Ortberg reminds us that what this really is, is repentance. Did you know you never outgrow repentance as a Christian? <laughs> because I'll just break it to you easily. You're never going to be perfect for the rest of your life. Even as good as you get, hopefully, prayerfully, as you get closer to God, you're going to realize there's still a lot of bad stuff that you can repent from. Even the best of us. John Ortberg says, Repentance is remedial work to mend our minds and our hearts which get bent by sin. You ever felt bent out of shape? You need to repent. <laughs> it's actually what Jesus wants for us. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 5? Jesus replied to them, It's not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We need some repentance in our lives. If you act like you don't, you need to repent from pride or lying or something. But what have you allowed to come back into your life that doesn't belong? What have you allowed to creep back in? That could be part of the cause for the spiritual drought that you're going through as a Christian. Sometimes we don't even realize what is taking God's place in our lives. And so it's healthy to go and allow not only the Word and the Holy Spirit, but to sit down and reflect on your life. Ask God to show you where you're missing the mark and just take a, an inventory of your life. Because the simplest definition of sin is anything that separates you from God. It, it could be things. It could be how you're spending your time. It could be a, a toxic relationship that you just need to get rid of. Just take a good, long, hard look in the mirror and remove some junk. Did I tell you what point that was? That was sometimes we need to remove some things from our lives if we miss that. But if we want personal revival, we will return to the Word. The Word will make us remove some things. And then look at what happens next. Look at verse 21. So the king commanded all the people, Observe the Passover of the Lord your God, as written in the book of the covenant. This is heartbreaking. No such Passover had ever been observed from the time of the judges who judged Israel through the entire time of the kings of Israel and Judah. 
But in the 18th year of King Josiah, the Lord's Passover was observed in Jerusalem. Personal revival occurs when we remember God's goodness. Not only are there things that we need to remove from our lives, sometimes there's things that we need to add to our lives. And if you remember, when we were all the way back in Exodus, the Passover was to be celebrated and, and remembered throughout generations forever. And the people had, had gotten so far off track that they had neglected since the time of the judges to observe and celebrate God's Passover. And you remember what Passover was, right? The significance of the Passover in Exodus? It was a remembrance of God's grace and of God's goodness by providing the blood of the Lamb and then passing over His people and sparing them from His judgment. It's a reminder of how good God is. I love that song, because you are good. We just sing it over and over. You are good, you are good, you are good. He is so good. And when you get back into God's Word, you're reminded of how good God has been, not only to people throughout history, but gosh, almighty, He's been good to me, folks, all throughout my life. But how often do we forget to read the Word? How often do we forget or neglect to pray and talk to God? How often do we neglect to truly worship God? How often do we forget or neglect to share our faith? You see, these are things that we call spiritual disciplines. And Donald Whitney, who literally wrote the book on spiritual disciplines, said, in my own personal and personal, uh, pastoral and personal Christian experience, I can say that I've never known a man or a woman who came to spiritual maturity except through discipline. Godliness, he says, comes through discipline. And we neglect these Sunday school type things about reading the Bible and praying and spending time with our Father. We neglect to do these and then we wonder, why in the world am I not growing closer to God? It's got to be the church's fault or the preacher's fault or so-and-so's fault when really we have forsaken our duty as Christians to practice these spiritual disciplines. Our, our, our Bibles are dusty. Our hands are too heavy to worship the Lord. Our lips are sealed when it comes to sharing the gospel. And so we've got to incorporate these spiritual disciplines into our lives every day as followers of Christ. It takes discipline. But when we do it, we will reap the benefit. Hebrews reminds us that no discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however... It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. When we get back into the Word, when we get back to a healthy prayer life, when we worship God every day of our lives, and we practice all of these spiritual disciplines, we will look back over the course of our lives, and we will remember how good God has been to us. I mean, when you really begin to understand God's character because you're closer to Him than you've ever been, you realize just what a good, good Father that you have. And just like we sang about, you will look at every situation and you realize, wait a minute, I wasn't alone. Jesus was there with me. I love a song we're going to sing after a while called The Goodness of God. And of course it says, all my life you have been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing, I will shout, I will proclaim the goodness of God. And so I ask you this, what's missing from your life? We've talked about what you need to get rid of. What's missing? 
How are you doing with your personal devotion? What are the things that you've been neglecting to do? Because Lord knows none of us will be here without the Lord. He's been too good for us to neglect spending time with Him and telling others about Him. There's one more thing, though, I want you to see this morning. We've got to return to the Word. We've got to remove some junk from our lives, and we've got to remember God's goodness through these spiritual disciplines. But there's one thing. Even if we do all of that, there's one thing that's missing. Look at verse 24. Notice what happens with Josiah's legacy. It says, in addition, Josiah eradicated the mediums, the spiritists, the household idols, images, and all the abhorrent things that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem. He did this in order to carry out the words of the law that were written in the book that the priest Hilkiah found in the Lord's temple. Before him, there was no king like him who trusted to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength, according to to the law of Moses. And no one like him arose after him. This is a pretty big epitaph, right? This is, this is huge. But in spite of all that, the Lord did not turn away from the fury of his intense burning anger, which burned against Judah because of all the affronts with which Manasseh had angered him. Last thing I want you to see is, is recognize it's all about Jesus. You look at this situation. Josiah did everything right. If anybody got it right, man, this dude nailed it. You realize he was a child when he became king? And he still got it right. He did everything the Bible says within his strength according to the law of Moses. But notice how that wasn't even enough. He got rid of all the bad. He did what was good. He was fully obedient to God's word to the best of his ability. But even all of that never atoned for the past sins of his people. The problem remained. The judgment remained. So what gives? What's missing from this equation in this story? Jesus. You and I can do the exact same thing. This is what I want you to see. You can stop today doing every bad thing that you like to do. You can never sin again for the rest of your life. And in, instead of that, you can start doing all these wonderful things. You can be the best, most generous, most kind, most caring, most loving person that's ever walked the face of the planet starting today until the day you die. But if you don't have Jesus... None of that's going to get you any closer to heaven than flying to the moon. It's not going to change anything for you eternally. You see, it's all about Jesus. We, you know, we've talked about the Word is all about Jesus. Life is all about Jesus. And it'll be through Jesus that you'll go to heaven or you will not go at all. Jesus said in John 14, 6, He told them, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one... No one comes to the Father except through me. I believe, like the Bible says, one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. And I believe that day is much sooner than it used to be. 
But let me tell you, you want to do that before that day ever comes. So to go back over what we've talked about this morning, the most important question to ask is, is do you need Jesus? Maybe you've got everything else figured out, but you, if you don't have Jesus, you're missing the mark, man. And He is ready to receive you regardless of where you find yourself today. He just wants a relationship with you. He wants to love you just like you are, but He ain't going to leave you that way. And maybe you're a Christian, but maybe you've been going through a drought. Maybe you've been going through a spiritual slump and you need to, to do some of these things we've talked about. Maybe you need to get back into God's Word. Maybe there's some stuff that's came back into your life that you need to repent from and get rid of. Maybe you need to start practicing those spiritual disciplines and, and remembering how good God is. Most importantly, though, we all got to keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus. I love Him. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you this morning. Father, we thank You, God, for allowing us to come here this morning and to worship You together. Such a sweet, sweet spirit that You've blessed us with today. And Lord, we just thank You for Jesus. Lord, I know a lot of times we, we miss the mark. We forget how wonderful He is. We forget what He went through for us. That He died on that cross for our sin. Lord, if we're really honest, we'll admit that there's things that's come into our lives, maybe things from our past. We're just allowed to creep back in. And, and God, it, it's hindering us from a closer walk with You. And God, if that's somebody today, if there's, there's folks here that's just going through a, a dry spell in their Christian walk, God, I pray that You just relight that fire. Help us, Lord, to get rid of whatever junk is keeping us from being close to You or serving You the way we want it to. God, help us to be more faithful as Christians. There's no way we could pay You back for what You've done, but God, we, we can do so much better. Lord, I pray that You would just start a personal revival in my heart. God, I pray that You would just ignite a fire in each and every one of us that, that cannot be contained. And I pray that You would use these average, everyday Christians, God, in ways that we never even thought You could use us. To reach people, God, that we never thought could be reached. Because that's what Jesus came for. To call sinners to repentance. To seek and save the lost. And Lord, if there's someone lost here or online, I pray that they would find Him today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.